Hello and welcome to the Hope and Anchor Community Church Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you the latest preaching from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God and you're encouraged to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. Oi, there's a word in the house. Do we want it? Do we say, Jesus, bring it on? Do we say, Holy Spirit, reveal to us? There was less Holy Spirit, so there's some that don't want it. Some people came for games. Some others came for faith. If you came for faith, just just put your hand up and say, Jesus, I need it. You put your hand up and say, I need it. it. I am the resurrection. We're talking about the seven great statements of Jesus. We have been in the journey. This is the fifth week, if I'm not wrong. And we have been talking about like how God describes himself so we can get closer to who he is. It's not about knowing information with God. It's just about closer in a relationship with God. And today he wants to say, I am the resurrection. We have talked about the bread and the substance. We talked about the clarity in the view, the light. I am the light. I am not only the bread of life, I am the light. But he also said to us, I am the door. And life has a lot of doors. I mean, we all have in in different cultures, we will depict it differently, but we will talk about, hey, that door opened up for me. That opportunity happened. He is the ultimate opportunity. And he's relating to us for us to know that when we got to get to the bottom of it, he's not only substance and he's not only the clarity, he's the opportunity, not some opportunities. He is the opportunity. But he also said, I am the good shepherd. I am the one that actually can stand with you when you're lost and alone. I am the one that can stand with you when you are not having what it needs. I can lead you. I can direct you. I can protect you. He said, I am the good shepherd, the one that, you know what, lays down his life. And we, and we talked about how in those days when this was actually a lot more common than today, there will be some little forts of stones where they will put the cattle or the sheep and the herd in during the night and the, the, the shepherd would lay down in the gate so no other animal would come through if it wasn't through them. I wish you would. <laughs> I, feel, I feel Jesus most days actually kind of like says that around my life. I wish you would try because that one, I like him. And I don't know if you have the certainty to say that. I don't know if you wake up feeling hot and sexy in front of Jesus. Nothing else. And you're looking at your life and saying, before you get out of bed, you're saying, Lord, I know you love me. You are my good shepherd. You not only wake me up and keep me breath. You didn't only give me the grace and the understanding. You didn't only give me problems. Thank you, Lord. Ha! <laughs> You also are my good shepherd. You lay down your life for me. And there is the end of my day. After that, I'm collecting paperwork. Before we get out of bed, we know it's a done deal. We just got to go from moment to moment collecting the data, the evidence of how good he is. The world doesn't teach us that if we're looking for other opportunities. But we are staring in the eye of the opportunity of life. We're just collecting data. Like, ah, I see what you're doing. See, that person that I want to impose hands with, um, he's just teaching me to believe in your kindness. This is only for the genuine people. Like, religious people, you can go and stuff. Like that worship is done, the show is done. Now it's for reals. Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd. But today, we're exploring another side of this I am, seven greats. And he says, I am the resurrection. And we love to talk about, wow, that's a comeback. We all love the stories. Most movies that actually sell out there over the quota are the movies that you have an underdog, the ones that are in the under and they need to win when everything looks back. Ask Rocky. Everyone knows Rocky. You don't have to even be old to know Rocky Balboa. You know, you could be that guy that is bullet in school, 
you, I mean, there, there's, there's movies about, I mean, remember when I was coming up, you know what I mean? There was, there was a series of movies. I don't, I'm not trying to get you to see them. Please don't look for them. But they were um, The Revenge of the Nerds. You got to be old for that, yo. You know, you know you're dating yourself on that. You know, like, like hey, I'm, like, I'm in my 40s. You know, like, that's it. You know, like, yo, like, I'm so sorry. Uh, wrinkles don't come for free. Um, but I remember that when you were a loser in high school, you were a winner in life. And sometimes we want to we wanna maximize on the things that are not valuable, and we become losers on the level of eternity. And Jesus is trying to compare what we are doing in the natural to what we live and experience in the supernatural. While we are trying to keep ourselves alive more than ever around the world, we are trying to beat death and age in every level possible. We are trying to kind of really believe the lie that we are eternal without God and just because of science. I want to remind you that God gave knowledge to the scientist. So you will never be able to comprehend resurrection or everything else without understanding who he is. And that's where we're here. I'm going to tie up in a minute. Don't worry about it. I'm just kind of broadening it up. i got to hit a lot of, you know, ages and walks of life, you know, and different understandings and nationalities. We're going to get there. It's going to be awesome. Today we're going to talk about under the banner release for resurrection. Release for resurrection. And in this story, we have Jesus. And that's always a problem. Is that okay? We're going to read in the Bible. You want to stand up with me? It's going to be awesome. John 11. John 11, if you are having a paper Bible, is going to be John 11, 17, 26. If you don't have it, don't worry. We did the work for you, and we're going to have it on the screen. It's awesome. And he says, on his arrival, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany, the town that he was in, was less than two miles from Jerusalem, the place that Lazarus was in. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. Oops, something happened. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. She had some tantrums. Lord, Martha said when she found Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Say with someone next to you, even now. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. She was good at studying. But she didn't understand that the word was in front of her. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they lie. They die. Also it's the same. And whatever, whoever lives by believing in me, whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Thank you, Father, for your word. Please reveal your heart, Father, into the, into the storyline that each of us have. Each one of us in this place, Lord, need you in a very specific way. No one will be able to suffice emotionally, spiritually, financially what we need that only you can give. So will you come into the room and into the rooms of our life and fill them up with your abundant life in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you can relax now. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get running. Less than two miles. Jesus is never far away. Sometimes, if you find yourself in a moment like this, you know that Jesus knows. But sometimes you feel that he's distant. Sometimes we pray like we got to convince God to hear us. So maybe foot for thought, maybe write it on the book, maybe something that you got upon the, on the bus or the train or while you're standing on the underground because no one wants to sit down nowadays. You got to think about how far are you? Have you ever asked God, how far are you? Because I'm talking to you. When, I, when I'm praying, I know that he's nearer than my vocal cords. He knows before I talk what I was going to say. 
This week I was with a friend and we are developing something mm, coming soon. We're developing a space in the East. And I was talking with a friend about the type or even the quantity of material that we needed for a specific day. And we were talking and, and I'm talking for reals. I mean, I'm not exaggerating if you think I'm lying as well. We were doing the list of the day. And we were saying, hey, we need this much material and we need it now. And we were making numbers. Someone crossed the street. It took the person, like the delay was in the person's steps. Before we were talking with, well, we made numbers afterwards. It's like we were talking about it and it took 13 seconds to the person to actually pop through the window almost and say, do you want some? Before the thought comes out of our minds into our vocal cords, Joel and I were looking at each other like stupid, like, yo. Sometimes yo is the best worship you can give God. He doesn't need your eloquence. He doesn't need your little brain. He needs yo. And yo in the Greek means yo. And in your own life, it means exactly the same. You don't have to be eloquent to say to God, oh, my God. He knows. It says, like, I know. Yeah. But he might ask you how much of you I am. <laughs> because this is a relationship. If you are waking up and you're going through the door, if you're having the substance and you're in the light of God, if you're going through the motions of it, through him, you got to expect that he's going to be provision. But maybe you're not catching it because you're not looking. And he's saying, I'm not only good shepherd, boy. Or girl. I want to be inclusive. The reality of life is that sometimes we don't notice how real he is. We asked for 20 sticks, we got more. Specific sticks, we got those. They were good. We only had to cross the street. Sometimes it's nearer than you think. He was just two miles away. And I love how the Bible always says that Jesus was two miles. He is, Bible, Bible doesn't say that Jesus is always two miles away, but he, he also says how distant he is from your thoughts. And sometimes we go and wonder if he's that near. Is, if he's interested even in my thoughts. And Jesus is actually trying to communicate with the people how near he is to something bigger. Sometimes we're asking God for small, but God is saying, I got more. I got bigger. I got more complete. I got you. I'm not only your substance and your opportunity and your light. I'm not only that. I got so much more for you. I am. So he is actually not that far away. And he's told that one of his best friends is dying. I don't know if you've been in that position, but I've been. This week, another friend. <laughs> I got a lot of friends. And like... All of them are daring to be wild. Another friend was actually trying to do uh, something with the electricity in this same place. And what happened? He slipped. Like you and me in the daily, you know, that thought, that attitude, that anger, unchecked control patterns, you know, that gossip, you know, that, you know, like you don't want to give up your seat unless you're in the tube, you know that. Like you don't care about your neighbor. You know, no, I'm just going to keep it up. But this friend actually, by accident, cut a line of power to the place that we were working in. And by mistake, he just said, oh, God. And he calls me. I did it. And I, I feel like the person didn't know if he was praying because he got heavily electrocuted or they were calling me. So one or two. You know what I mean? The person is like, I did it. And sometimes we pray like that. I did it, Lord. <laughs> oh, my God. Who has prayed that before? Like, Lord, I did it. <laughs> Can I have some honest hands? You know when you're like really against the pickle, bro? Like you're like, ah, 
I did that, and I don't know. He said, I did it. And I, the first question, thank God I asked this. I said, is someone dead? Because I never heard my friend with that voice. And a good shepherd knows the voices around. So my friend was like, no. Is someone in the hospital? No. So don't worry. Now what is it? person lied to me <laughs> you I know you know who you are you're sitting in this room <laughs> and what had happened was it's like after the thoughts you know I go in you know and and I go and catch him and I, we saw some issues that kind of like trickle down from that situation that was not what he wanted to do we never are going to go to God with something that was obvious. We always go with that kind of prayer when we like, oh, God. It's a different type of prayer because when you did it, you say, Lord, if you get me out of this one, I will never give you my word. Who has prayed that one as well? <laughs> and that one, you know, when you're like in the middle of the night, you're saying, Lord, 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 have mercy. Can you really show up on this one? We all have. And sometimes we think that we have to convince God to be near. And in this story, his friend was sick. In my story, my friend just got heavily electrocuted and faked it. And I saw him, and his immune system went down. And he had to pay the price of stress and a lot of electricity. And he is a living miracle. He is walking by the grace of God. But not every story finishes the same. And in this story, it didn't finish the same. Jesus got told, your friend is sick. And Jesus has said, and that's for your benefit. I'm glad. When was the last time your friend said, I'm glad you're sick? Like, is that your friend? For reals? Like, for a lot less than that, you will unfriend that person in your Facebook. Because that's what we call friendship today. But this person had hosted Jesus, has fed Jesus, has opened his heart. They have become acquainted. This person saw Jesus when Jesus was walking and he was sweating. It's not the kumbaya Jesus that we think happens to be in your Bible. This person experienced Jesus when Jesus was tired. Whoever has been tired, whoever has been sick, whoever had one extra bite that doesn't settle properly. Because we, we just sanitize the image of God and Jesus walking with us in such a way that we forget that he understands us. But Jesus is saying, that's for your benefit that you're sick. If we're praying and we hear the audible voice of God and God says, that's for your benefit. And you're actually explaining that the, the worst week has been happening to you. You will not like that. So maybe we have to check on our relationship with God. Maybe we, what we have is religion and God is asking us to have something deeper. So this is a friend that hopes, waits, and dies. The story doesn't finish here, but at this moment, it's looking really bad. So he's told that his friend is dead. A couple of verses before what we read, they said to him, like, oh, he's sick. He's sleeping. And Jesus said, well, don't worry about it. He'll wake up. I'm glad it happened. And they thought Jesus didn't know. And like we, when we pray. Like, God, you don't know how bad it is. No, but it's okay. I'm your comforter. And you're like, no, Lord, you, you just really don't know. Like, it's really bad. And you're trying to convince God to have compassion. But he says, no, it's for your benefit. Just give it a minute. Let me brew a great blessing. In the middle of a great storm, what God does is to brew the greatest blessing. So he's coming in and he's saying, I'm going to keep doing what my father said, planned and as usual. And his friend dies. 
Jesus maintains his position even though because he's in relationship with the Father. Today I'm going to give you four points. I'm going to let you go. First, to be able to be released for resurrection in our lives, in the different areas, we need to have a relating aspect in our person to God. You might call it relationship or you might call it relative. Jesus called it relative. He's my father. And sometimes we don't go all the way to the, I relate. Father, what are you hurting for? I'm just so caught up in what I need that I never go up the ladder of relationship only by provision. I don't know what relationship you had with your worldly parents if you had them. But sometimes we never got deeper than the provision. And sometimes in the world that we're living today, it is difficult to relate to God as the relative relative because we never were near to our own natural parents. Jesus is going across the board, crossing the line, getting better. And this is the provision of God for you today. Can you grab it? He's saying relationship. So he is actually saying, I know. And the first thing that actually proves relationship is that we trust. To be able to have a relationship, there has to be trust. I don't care if you know how dodgy the other side of the question is. You got to trust. And there's in that an option. No one is interested in your opinion. But we're all looking for your option. You have the option of saying yes or no. But you know, and like trusting that person is just like, uh, no, that's opinion. No one asked you. And you think your opinion is more important than your option. God gave you an option. He didn't ask for your opinion. And sometimes everything around us wants us to defocus from what is the biggest, the option, instead of, and it demands from us our little opinions that are based basically in our day, how much we had in our wallet, how many likes we got about that pic that we thought it was epic. It's what it is. So we go for it. Bless you. And in that, we have to come into agreement that he knows. Then we have a Jesus that is, is a friendless Jesus in that moment. <laughs> One of his best friends died. That will put everyone in a spin. And he's actually trying to explain to the people that are nearer to him the difference between what kills us in the natural and what kills us in the spirit. He's saying, you know what, my friend might be sleeping because that's natural. I can wake the natural up because I am thinking of the spiritual. And sometimes we try to wake up Jesus in the boat of our storms. We try to kind of convince God to come around to the story, to provide to what we see based on what we see. But not who he is. He said, I am. The resurrection, the provision of God is always aligned with the situation you're going through. The revelation of who he is is not with what you want, it's what you're going through. God is not Santa Claus, Burger King, or doing it how you like it. I don't know how many other slogans we can go. He's not interested in what you're wanting. He is giving you what you need. And in that, we can trust. And in that, we can trust if we are in a relationship. So away with the days that we could have religion, lit a candle, kumbaya our way into the week and feel satisfied. God is drying every river, everything that comes and comes to our lives that is trying to perpetuate the light that everything else can source us. He is the source. I am. And around the world, God is explaining that through a variety of positions. And some people would say opposition. Some of the biggest lessons that we actually get from his character are through the oppositions that we find. And it's through that that we actually learn who he is, not what we want, who he is. So Jesus is there trying to explain the difference between natural death and I'm going to jump the bridge to go faster. And the power of who he is. He is resurrection. I am the resurrection. And he said, you know what? I know. 
I know, I know you hear me. A couple verses down after what we read, he's asking where his friend is at. And just for context, Jesus is given access by them. And he wakes up his brother, his friend, his mate, his acquaintance, the person that he had a relationship with, with a loud voice. And the person comes back to life. But this is just context. I want to go back to what I feel the Holy Spirit is underlining, relationship first. Second, can God trust you? In that relationship bit, can God trust you with trouble? Or you're demanding from God an easy glide? When's the last time you said, God, you know, whatever you got, I want it. And God said, yeah, I got a full box of trouble. This week is going to be trouble. Yeah, my blessing is coming on the shape of trouble. And all sorts of fears. Do you want it? Is that, yeah, Lord, bring it on. I really want it. I needed a box like that. I knew you had one laying out in the corner, and I want it. That's my name, right there. I'm claiming that one on the... <laughs> yeah, no, we're not. None of us. None of us, actually. You'll be faking your own. If you say, I want that box. But God says, you know, sometimes it's that box that leads you to my blessing. So God is saying, hey, you know what? In relationship and resurrection hinges on relationship. Can I trust you with trouble, with mishaps? Second, relationship equals prayer. Jesus said to his father, I know you hear me, but for the benefit of them, I'm glad you're sick because that's for your benefit. I'm glad all this trouble has hit my life, my friends, my family, because I get to know you. Because the end is already settled. So I can just kind of sandpaper my tongue away praying for whatever. I'm not going to change the outcome. The outcome is done from the beginning. But where I find myself is near, it is through prayer. So first is relationship. Relationship is what makes resurrection be translatable into our daily. But from there, we need to communicate with God and to stay in communication. From there, our second point, if you want to take notes, is just when we communicate with God, after relationship, we got to release. We got to let it go. The family members didn't keep the dead person around just in case Jesus would come. They have to bury it. And some of us, to survive in the daily, we bury areas of our life, of our emotions. We bury all sorts of things. All of us have a little graveyard in the back of our hearts. That was a good one. That was a good one, huh? So we release. So in relationship with God, we have the grace to release. If it wasn't because of the relationship with God, we will not be able to release. Wonder why in the, tame, in, the, in the actual point of the topic, we will have the distraction. Wonder why. I think God is about to say something, isn't it? <laughs> and the devil starts to tell out. Because when you're in relationship, release is inevitable. When you're communicating with God, it doesn't matter what hits your house, what hits you emotionally, financially, or spiritually, you're going to depend on that release. And the enemy is always going against your release. Because if you release it, it means you're saying, God, you're God and I am not. You are the great I am and I am not. It's the versus I versus I moment. And you, in that moment, you're saying, God, I believe you. That's the moment of truth. That's where the man with the bigger anointing comes in. Jesus of Nazareth will walk into the situation. While everyone else is burying the situation, Jesus is saying, I'm not late. We have different schedules. And sometimes we want to get God acquainted with our schedule without knowing that he needs a burial for there to be a resurrection. We want the healing, but we never want to be sick. We want to know God as the provider, but we never want to be the ones that are lacking. We are the ones 
that he's wanting to relate to and is only by the adversary situation that he's able to reveal his heart and his power. Powerful people are only there to express their power. What about a friend that didn't come for your funeral but wakes you up when you're dead? I mean, this is a bit of a perspective, right? Oh, Jesus is so mean. He didn't, didn't get there when he was sick and he was dying. If you have been here, but even now. Jesus found one of them, although complaining, like you and me most of the days. Lord, all of this is happening and that person had it better. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's only me. You know, don't worry about it. Maybe I'm preaching to myself. But you know what? Sometimes... Even in the middle of the complaint, he will find in us something that will say, even though, yet now. And I believe there's a release today. For us to have resurrection, there needs to be a release. This is what hinges in on. The resurrection doesn't happen if there's not a release. And Jesus is saying, you know what? I need to release my person in you. Another translation would be renouncing. Dirty word. When was the last time you said, I'm, Lord, I'm willing to renounce to whatever you want. And God says, that friendship, mm, got to go. And you said, thank you, Lord. <laughs> I was wondering. I was wondering when you were going to ask for that relationship to go. Ah, ah, you know, I knew it was a day. Lord, I got extra 20 quid. You know what I mean? I got money. Renounce to it. Ah! Thank you, Lord. I'm so glad. We never naturally gravitate to that, to renouncing and to releasing. But that's where the power is hidden. The power of God, the power of resurrection, any area on our life is hidden behind the release, the renouncing. When I renounce to change my loved one, my loved one will be changed. Oh, wow, Lord, thank you for what you're doing. Um, dummy, you released the control on changing that person. And now I can show you that it's not your clever words and your self-justice and everything you know about that person. It is my power that releases the resurrection. All of us are coming back to life in every area. Do we know it or we don't? Doesn't change the equation. All of us are coming back to life. I'm coming back to life in the way I relay. I'm coming back to life in the way that I spend. I'm coming back to life in the way that I actually invest my time. I'm coming back to life. You are not different. You like it or you don't. We need the resurrection of Christ to hit every area crevice on our life. We need the release, the renouncing, so we have the resurrection. Third point, show me. Show me. We like the relationship bit because that feels warm. I mean, Jesus really loves me. Jesus loves me. And we have songs and we, and we explain to people how they're accepted by God. And, and we go all in with everyone is welcome. But we never say that when you are welcome, Jesus takes over and he changes everything. We're really good at come as you are, but we never explain. You never leave the same. But that's another day. Don't worry about it. Show me. I want to be shown. Jesus is saying in a relationship, you show me. What do you want? Jesus was walking, minding his own business and the business of the Father, essentially. And he got into a place where a man, 38 years, had been waiting for a healing. And he had the nerve to ask the man, what do you want? But the man said, I, you know, I've been waiting. And all the expressions that we use in the daily, the story you might know or you know, it's not consequential. But you know, you have been showing areas in your life to God. You've been complaining secretly, calling a prayer to God, saying, Lord. And sometimes we got to quit it and just, just point. <laughs> that area, Lord. Amen. Because the reality of life is that he is not going to entertain your complaining. He has compassion for what you show then. After the relationship, it comes a release and a renouncing. But you got to be clear to God on what you are renouncing. 
He's not going to touch what you don't point at. You might renounce it, but you never take it to him. Lord, I, I'm older than I thought I would be. At this point, I thought, the camera people are hating me right now. <laughs> Lord, I thought, and I keep it to myself. Jesus say, show me. Show me what you got. Show me what I got to work with. <laughs> Amen. This is kind of why I'm cute. So God can trust us. We prove our faith in relationship by release. Then we show God what we buried, what is dead, what we have lost hope in. And then he says, do you believe? Jesus! <laughs> Even now, I believe. Even now. I mean, I've been whining about it all week. And I know that you, you try to kind of like, that's for you, you know. Like, you, you're looking at the person next to you saying, like, I told you, stop complaining, you know. But God knows your secret internal complaint. Sometimes you say that you're talking to yourself. But maybe it's not that. Maybe you're still saying to God, if you would have been here, if you would have touched that area of my life, I would have not committed that mistake. You had all the power. You took this and this and other areas and you completely annihilated the sin, but you left that one for what? He said, because it's for your good. I had to leave you to die. I had to leave you to experience that mourning, that loss, so you'll be able to understand who I am. Do you believe? For the ones that believe, I am the resurrection. He says very clear, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. What are you talking about, Jesus? Is it a contradiction? Or is it saying, I'm looking higher than you're looking? Sometimes the situations that we're going through are not limited to our point of view. Are you looking high enough? Are you looking God's way? Jesus, he said, I'm looking to the Father. God, I know you hear me. But he looked up in front of that grave, in front of that dead moment, that place of loss of hope. That place that doesn't look like we planned, that doesn't look on schedule. He knew what had happened. He knew what was going to happen. But he still exemplified visually. And he looked up. He said, I know you always hear me, but for their benefit, neither you. And through Jesus, God, save the world, produce resurrection, and he's resurrecting. And he's in the business of resurrection, because in the business of the Father, Jesus is. He is the business of the Father. You are full of Jesus. So Jesus in you, you are the business of the Father. Are you walking likewise? And Jesus comes in and says, I'm, I know I'm in relationship. And he asks, do you believe? I don't know, where are you walking with? Where are you at in your walk, essentially? Maybe you are saying today, I've prayed. I have believed. But I got this area in my life. I got that trouble. You know, like that trouble? That trouble that we never say to anyone. We say, well, I got troubles, you know? You can be vague enough for them to accept you, but you're never honest enough for them to know you. You know, we got, we don't have to do it. We don't have to do it like that. We, we got, we can come and say, that's dead. Ooh. My kids have that tendency. When they don't like something and they think it's off, they say, that, that's so dead. <laughs> and sometimes I, I wonder if angels are looking at us like, that's dead. You know, like, if God is walking by the aisles of our heart and he's saying, ah, that's dead, that's stinking. That has been more than four days in there, yo. Where is our faith? 
Where is our Jesus? Because the Jesus that we see on those moments is the Jesus that the world will see in our daily. You cannot be better testimonies walking that you're willing to walk on the trails of death in your own hearts. Say, Lord, that stinks. And I'm really dead in that area. Thank you, Lord, for knowing about that. Waiting for your time. Amen. So where are we? Where are we in our walk? Where are we in our troubles? Where are we in our situations? Where are we in life? Does it really represent the Jesus that is on his way and very near, that calls us friends, that is just so glad we're going through the situation that we're going because he's going to show us a better, more complete idea and revelation of who he is for us. Because life is not about us, but God is all about you. Jesus came to explain the kingdom so you are able to be an example to others of who he is, reciprocity. So we don't preach that God is all about us, but we say he's really about us. The enemy is not attacking you. He's attacking the plans that God has in your life. You're not so hot. Get on with. You're not so important in hell that the enemy really woke up this morning and say, what can I do against you? No. He's going against the knowledge of who the Son is. Because if you're living it right, the world will see the Son through you. Father, I know you hear me. But this I do for the benefit of those that are here. As we close and we have the worship team. The word of God today comes when we release for resurrection. That release comes to say, I know. Jesus is saying, I know. I know. But also, where is your relationship? Is your relationship with me growing? And not only that, am I being able to be an example of resurrection in your life? I don't know if you're trying to dodge bullets. I don't know if you're trying to dodge troubles and situations. I feel that most Christians are professional are dodging that kind of conversation or proximity to the person that actually is living in authority in the area that we're not living in in authority. She's like, oh, I didn't have time this week, I'm sorry. But you know that the question was coming. But they were living nearer to Jesus. They were in communication. They had been releasing in that area of their life. And because of that, and because I don't know the surpassing power and we have no revelation of who Jesus is in those areas that are dead in our life we don't experience the promise of who he is I am the resurrection so today I think the word is very simple although it's kind of very confrontative he loses no time, strips us from our righteousness. <laughs> Classic Jesus. <laughs> but when he walks into our life, into the rooms of our hearts, he's only aiming at us to be released. But you said, we have to release. Yeah. When we release areas in our hearts, in our lives, it might take time. It might not be in your own terms and conditions. There will be some small letters of heaven in your life that will say, I know and I'm loving you and I am glad. Copy, paste, copy, paste. But Jesus, in verse 41 to 44, 
He stood in front of what was dead. He stood in front of the time of your situation and the consequences. And when you said, I believe, he not, didn't only stood there with sympathy and empathy. Compassion comes to give us power. He stood there and he called Lazarus, his friend, out. And when Lazarus came out, he was bound. When you release, God will order your release. When you say, God, I'm not in control of my life. I'm definitely not in control of my emotions, and that's quite clear. I'm not in control of the finances of this country or this city. I'm not in control of inflation. I'm not in control of that relationship. I'm not in control of this understanding. It all seems like a misunderstanding. It all looks like we're not that friends. It all looks like right now, God, my life doesn't look like what I've been praying for and hoping for and believing for. It doesn't look like that, but here you are standing. And you call me out. And as I release my right to understand and to control you, I'm able to actually go through the motions of you revealing your heart and who you are. You stand in front of what is dead and hopeless in my life, and you say, be released. So it's not about what we gave. It's about what he came to untie. So if you renounce to your time and to your understanding, the Lord has way more. So if you release that, that hope and that, that understanding or that control that you are so cherishing, I don't know if maybe what the doctors are talking to you about is not what you thought would happen. Maybe what that relationship came to be is not what you thought it would be. Maybe that's not your timing on the, how that house and that contract didn't come through for you. Maybe what you're doing in uni is not really what you thought it would be and you're losing your time and your money. Maybe you don't think God is near enough to understand the pressures of your heart. And when you are alone, that sadness that you cannot even yourself comprehend or explain to yourself in the deepest moments of your day. Maybe you don't know. But if you say, Lord, I renounce. Because you can bring it back to life. It is not my time. It is not my gift. It is not my understanding of how near we were. How much of Jesus I knew. It's about what you want to explain to me. And I renounce. If God has been talking to you, can you join me in your feet, please? I want to pray for us. If you want prayer... There's people on every side of the columns. They have lanyards and they want to pray for you and with you. If you want to make a commitment to Jesus and you have not taken that decision, this is the day. You can actually join any of them in the side, whoever you feel comfortable with, and say, I want to make a relationship with God work. I want to start communicating with God. I got questions. Maybe they don't have the answers. But Lord, I want to start now. I want to do it today. They want to pray for you. If you've been here and you're saying, I've been walking and I am a believer. I've been faithful. I've been praying. I've been believing. But I still have areas in my life that I know there have been days and days and days that I have buried it in. And I have not been honest with him. Today he stands in your grave in that situation. And he calls you. He calls you for resurrection. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, thank you for your word. Father, thank you for, for who you are, Father, as you, you comfort us and you come near in the midst of situations that we think that have gone way out of our hands, Lord. Father, as you give us context and say, Lord, Father, to each one of us, Lord, how it was in the plan and you are glad that we are able to get closer through you revealing yourself through things that we didn't think we needed, but have shown themselves to be what we really, really, really needed to be able to comprehend your love 
and your nearing love and power. Father, we come today as a church, as people, as individuals. Father, to say, Lord, that we release. Father, we release every area in our hearts, Lord, that we have kept from you, Lord. Every area that we have been complaining and keeping on our own schedule, Father, and we have not been able to trust you because we didn't know better. Father, we say, like Lazarus' sister, even now, if you say it, Father, we, we stand and believe. We believe, Lord, that you can. So, Father, it's not only a relationship, Father, that is fatalist and we are just giving up to whatever has happened. We believe today that even now, as we release, as we renounce to what we think, Father, you are the one that when we show you, Father, you are the one that releases us. We release so your resurrection power, so your person can take over, so we know you as who you are and not only what you do. Father, we release. Father, some of us have gone through some months in relationships that, Father, they were not what we thought and we released that. Father, we renounce to understanding so you can give us Christ in the midst of that situation or that relationship. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we renounce, we release, and we release for, for Christ to know you better. We release for resurrection. We bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. Make sure to visit our website, hopeandanchor.org, for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.